2: Listener discretion is advised. Let's dig right in. All right. Today, I'm going to tell you the story of Belle Gunnis, And she went by a couple other names, but I'm going to wait to tell you what those are. Okay, because that one,
0: it's ringing some bells. <laughs> <laughs> some bells? What?
2: Oh, okay. both <laughs> a little, a little right slow over today. my head. <laughs> okay. Belle was born Brynhild... Paul's Paulsdatter Storestet on November 11th, 1859 in somewhere in Norway. I wrote down the name of the town and I used all the correct um, characters. Uh, yeah, but there'd be no way you'd be able to pronounce it, probably. I think it's pronounced Sertrandilag. <laughs> Anyways, she was born there. She moved to Chicago in 1881 when she was 22. <laughs> and at some point she changed her name to Belle or she started going by Belle. I can't imagine why. <laughs> She was described. <laughs> let me find you a picture of her real quick. Don't scroll, by the way, because there are spoilers to come. Got it. She has been described as stout, rugged. Some might say somewhat manly. It's gonna say burly, <laughs> very strong. She's a very sturdy woman. That's what I, I would say. A hard woman, Like yes. Sturdy gal. This this <laughs> picture, she's very much a take no shit kind of face. Yes. There was local local legend said that she could lift two 100-pound hogs at once, one it. with each arm. So just to kind of give you guys an idea of what we're working with and why she probably changed her name to Belle, which is a much softer name. More, and, more feminine. A little bit more feminine. <laughs> In 1884, she married a man named Mads Sorensen. Together, okay, there's actually some debate about this. They had four children together, although there's a lot of sources that I read that said she didn't have any biological children. So I kind of got the idea that maybe she was just adopting kids, but then there were some sources that were like, and then with this husband, she had this child. So debatable about how the children came about.
0: Was it possible that the husbands had the children from a previous marriage? There
2: are some cases of that, but this did not seem like that case. Her kids' names were Caroline... Axel, I have no idea if Axel oh, nice. was a boy or a girl. Myrtle and Lucy. Well, did she have three girls and a boy? Um, like, I Did don't it know. say somewhere. No. Okay, because that's what it sounds like. <laughs> so Caroline and Axel actually died in infancy of acute colitis. Which, if you don't know, colitis is basically, if I'm not mistaken, dying of like diarrhea and dehydration it's a it's something that affects your colon it's an inflamed colon and my guess is
0: i think that's a good guess it sounds familiar like i i've I've read it before Mm -hmm. in a book or something and i think that you're right yeah i mean i know that itis is inflammation of
2: yeah modern colitis the only cure for it is surgery so basically like having your colon removed Mm. and i think the symptoms are just like diarrhea and cramping and stuff like that So, it was kind of one of those terms, I think, that it was like, well, they were really sick, and then they died, so they probably had colitis.
0: Yeah, it was a, these are some of the symptoms that they had are (laughs) the same thing as this, and, you know, we don't actually have a full diagnosis for it. Yeah. Either way, Myrtle was probably some sort of bacterial infection. Possibly. Or like E. coli or something that yes. could have been treated with some medicine and fluids. But this is the early 1800s, <laughs> so forget that. Late 18. Oh, I'm sorry.
2: Um, either... You said when she was 21 and that's what right, Sorry. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Myrtle and Lucy survived and continued living with their mother. Here is a quick word from our sponsor.
1: We take this few seconds off to inform you our valued loyal listener. Join us every week as we continue to provide you the best of health and fitness wellness updates from around the globe. Enjoy the show.
2: Bell and Mads, which I'm hoping, I hope I'm saying his name right. It's spelled Mads. They owned a candy store together. Fun. In 1885, it burned to the ground. Not fun. And then in 1900, their house also burned to the ground. Suspicious. And they collected insurance payouts on both of those incidences. Convenient. And then, on July 30th, 1900, Mads suddenly died of a cerebral hemorrhage. Sudden. And it happened to be on the one day that his two life insurance policies overlapped. Very convenient. So he had one that was ending that day, and the other one started that day. Getting more suspicious. <laughs> so Belle's story is, she said he came home and was complaining of a headache, and so like a good wife, she gave Bumped him... him over the head? No, she gave him quinine. Am I saying that right? Mm-hmm. I'm always suspicious now when I'm saying words <laughs> I'm not familiar with. Yeah, quinine. She gave him quinine for the pain, and he went to lay down, and when she checked on him later, lo and behold he was dead. Hmm. And I guess he had had, I think maybe I read somewhere else that that he might have, they might have ruled it a heart attack, but he had a heart condition Mm -hmm. or his doctor said he had an enlarged heart or something. So they were like, well, that's close enough. Died of natural causes. Here's uh, a hundred, sorry, $5,000, which is the equivalent of about $150,000 today.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So, so, I mean, she's extremely unlucky, but also very fortunate that uh, they've been, you know, very wise in the insurance department.
2: Yes. So, Belle takes all this money and she packs up her two kids and she buys a 48-acre farm in LaPorte, Indiana. Which, again, I meant to look up the pronunciation of LaPorte. I'm going to say it a lot. Sorry if you're from there and I'm saying it wrong. She So, she buys this big farm she brings Myrtle and Lucy, her two daughters. And then she had a foster daughter at the time, whose name was Jenny, who was a teenager. And the following year in 1801, she meets and marries Peter Gunnis. So that's how she becomes Belle Gunnis. Peter had an infant daughter. She was a widow, also a, a widower. So, you know, two widows fall in love. And so he married Belle and his baby daughter, died shortly after their marriage. And I couldn't find any information on how she died, but she died while in the care of Belle while Peter wasn't home. So died in a way
0: that wasn't obvious enough (laughs) to raise serious red flags, but...
2: You know, how babies sometimes suddenly die. Mm. Unfortunately, that is true, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to... Gander, not in this case. Eight months later, Peter also died of a skull fracture, but here's what happened. Bell said he was reaching for something on the top shelf, and a silly meat grinder fell on his head, but also... (laughs) Why are you storing the meat grinder up so high? I know. Don't store your heavy things on the top shelf. Also, at the same time... I. Okay, it's either, this is either an infomercial for like how you need a lid organizer in your cabinet, or it is a final destination scene. Because at the same time as the meat grinder fell, a crock of hot brine also fell on him. Why do you have a crock of hot brine
0: (laughs) up on the top shelf? I don't know. Why are you storing it's hot? Unclean. Why are you storing hot liquids up there? It's unclean. Leave it on the oh, stove yeah. to cool down before you store
2: it up on the top shelf. I'm imagining that he's like <laughs> trying to kind of climb his way up the shelves, and he puts like grabs the brine and like spills it on himself, and then reaches to grab something else, and the meat it grinder the meat grinder yeah. on him. Yeah, so he died of a, a fractured skull. Tell me about the life insurance. <laughs> It was active, and they ruled his death an accident, and so uh, she collected that insurance money. Getting some serious H.H. Holmes vibes. Yes. And then Jenny, the foster daughter teenager. No. She was allegedly told a classmate, quote, My mama killed my papa. She hit him with a meat cleaver, and he died. Don't tell a soul. And shortly after that, Jenny got sent to... College in California mm. and she just wasn't allowed to talk to her local friends anymore.
0: <laughs>
2: so, well,
0: at least she was, <laughs> well, I mean, could we verify that she actually was sent to California or was she air quotes sent to California and I'm going to leave that open-ended for now. Oh, man. We're going to find Jenny's body by the end of this story.
2: Maybe. So after the death of her second husband, Belle is very lonely. I feel like she should just give up in the love department, though. Oh, she does just the opposite of that. I bet. She starts posting personal ads in Norwegian language newspapers. Quote, personal. Comely widow. <laughs> Which Comely
0: <laughs> Just
2: a word of advice, Belle. Ooh. Not starting off strong. Let's not start. Let's start with our strong suits. Maybe like physically Mm able-bodied and strong, child-bearing hips, handsome. It would might be a
0: good way to describe her. That would be fair and accurate. Or (laughs) let's just not start with looks. Let's just leave that off, and we'll get to it after we get to know you. I mean, she's not like this hideous hag thing. She's not. But don't describe yourself. But also, it's like her looks aren't her uh, best feature, I guess. And it should not be your... Let's just not start there. She's like, plain face with a great personality. <laughs> okay. I mean, I wouldn't start a personal app <laughs> with my looks either, so, you know.
2: Well, we both met our husbands on dating apps, mm-hmm. so we know what we're doing. Yep. Actually. I didn't have to mention my looks because there was a picture. Oh, Same. Mine probably had a Snapchat filter on it because that's what, how I was playing the game then. <laughs> <laughs> okay, comely widow who owns a large farm in one of the finest districts in Laporte County, Indiana, desires to make the acquaintance of a gentleman equally well provided with view of a jo- of joining fortunes. No replies by letter considered unless sender is willing to follow answer with personal visit. Triflers need not apply. <laughs> Well, now I know how old that word is. Tri- trifling? <laughs> tri-fling. So, so she specifically wants. She's specifically looking for men who also have l- apparently large insurance payouts. And so that. Well, I mean, she could always just marry them and then
0: take a policy out on them. This is true.
2: Yeah. So she's only looking for rich
0: guys, basically. Yeah. Okay, I mean, i don't blame <laughs> She got a, an expensive farm; she's got
2: to pay for. This is true, and she kind of interviewed the men that. So she got a lot of bites on this, mm. and she was kind of interviewing them like it was a position because it kind of was a short term position. <laughs> she was luring Norwegian bachelors with the promise of quote down home Norwegian cooking, which she didn't actually mention in that target that. And but I'm beware just... of hot brine on top shelf <laughs> yeah i do keep my hot liquids on the upper shelves
0: beware very reminiscent <laughs> of the lonely hearts killers a little bit yeah the crime junkie did an episode mm. on that and this is
2: i mean all the same things thank goodness we've already done the um the dating site thing because i would be too scared to do it now I was
0: scared to do it then, too. Like, I never met anyone alone. I always went with someone. Or if I didn't have anyone to go with, you know, I had someone who I called immediately before. I was like, hey, I'm at this place. I'm meeting this person. And uh, Check in
2: on me in an hour. Yeah,
0: I'll text Mm -hmm. you intermittently. And if you don't hear from me for a while... You know, start to worry. Things are either going really good or really bad. <laughs> but, you know, I'll, I'll call you when I'm leaving or if we decide to go somewhere else or right. something. So someone always knew where I was and at least the the name of the person I was with or the name that I knew in case it wasn't their <laughs> real name. So
2: Yeah, and you send a picture of them yes. and where you're going yep. and send their a picture. whole dating profile. Yeah. So she was also luring, she was targeting men, so... Norwegian men, because she was Norwegian, but also likely immigrants who came over and maybe left their family behind and were homesick or were didn't have a lot of connections in the country. Mm-hmm. According to one of her farmhands, whose name was Emil Greening, he said, "...a different man came nearly every week to stay at the house. She introduced them as cousins from Kansas, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and from Chicago." She was always careful to make the children stay away from her cousins. Which at least she's looking out for the kids, I guess. But also, what are you gonna do now when little Lucy goes to school and is like, Mom and Cousin Cousin Sven (laughs) sleep in the same room together and make funny noises. Like, I saw Mom and Cousin Sven wrestling one time and they didn't have their clothes on. Don't tell them they're your cousins. (laughs) You're gonna sleep with them. (laughs) Okay, she already said she interviewed them. And between 1905 and 1907, she had dozens of potential suitors coming to visit her at her home. By 1907, Bell had hired a 37-year-old named Ray Lamphere to be a farmhand. And although he had a reputation to be kind of a drunk, kind of a loser. Unreliable. Unreliable. He ended up being a very... Good employee and worked really hard. Interesting. Also, she started sleeping with him. <laughs> so, that'll motivate you. You know, she gave them a room on the second floor of her house. They're like regularly having relations, but Ray was a farmhand. He was too poor to fit her requirement. And so, but also, if she
0: took out a life insurance policy on him as her, or as his employer, like. A farmhand, there's a lot of accidents that could happen. Fatal, fatal things.
2: Well, apparently Ray allegedly would get kind of jealous that she, that he was kind of falling in love with her. Mm. You know, they were living together, they were sleeping together, but then she was still bringing in all of these, like, random Norwegian guys that, and he was like...
0: To have a tumble in the hayloft.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Meanwhile... Belle started a long-distance relationship with a Norwegian immigrant in South Dakota named Andrew (laughs) Helgenlin. I'm going to call him Andrew. (laughs) Yeah. Good call. Over 16 months, she wrote him approximately 80 letters, and she was begging him to come to Indiana. This was kind of her long game. Like, she's writing a lot of letters. She's really, like, building the, the relationship. And she's, like, over and over begging him to come see her.
0: I miss the days of writing letters. Right. So shortly after we moved here, I had to go back to New Orleans to help with my dad after his hip replacement. Because mm-hmm. uh, you can't drive. If it's your right hip, you can't drive for mm-hmm. four to six weeks after surgery. Huh. So I needed to be there in case, you know, he had to go for a doctor's checkup or if something was wrong. Whatever. Mm-hmm. And so while I was back in New Orleans, I brought a whole bunch of... Stationery and ah. stamps, and every morning I wrote Shelton a letter. Oh, that's so precious! And he wrote me a
2: couple back too. I mean, uh, we talked every day and texted well, yeah, too, but, but it's still just like a, a short no. letter. And- I used to write Jarek letters when we were dating, and I would I was really lame, and I would type them on our typewriter because he bought me a typewriter, like one of the first gifts he ever gave type me. Typewriters are cool, not lame. So yeah, and he found one of them recently, and they're I mean, they're not like mushy or anything, but. <laughs> But still, okay. we also just got new stationery for the podcast. Mm-hmm. So if anyone wants a letter, hit me up and I'll send you a card <laughs> and she'll forge my name on it. I like, I definitely don't do ever. <laughs> so finally in January of 1908, Andrew finally comes down to Indiana to start his life with Belle. So not just like a visit to see oh, how no. things go, but he's, he's planning diving to it right in. All right. And so Belle kicks Ray out. (laughs) And a few days after Andrew's arrival, they go to the bank and they cash three of Andrew's certificates of deposit, which I'm going to assume is like a traveler's check or something, leaving them or they. So it's unclear how much they were for, but they left the bank with $2,839, which is approximately 80 grand, which is a lot of money. And also around this time, Ray and Belle got into an argument. So they there's speculation that he was angry about being demoted from farmhand slash lover to just farmhand. And kicked out of the house. <laughs> and kicked too. out of the house. So Belle just fires him and hired a new farmhand named Joe Maxson. And Ray didn't take it very well
0: no I don't imagine he would
2: (laughs) and so he spent the next three months kind of harassing Belle he was lurking he was looking in windows he was being a general nuisance she had to call the law on him a whole bunch he was moving the brine from the top shelf down to a lower shelf moving her brine all around so she couldn't find it and so Belle replacing the hot brine with cold brine (laughs) I know nothing worse than taking a sip of the brine and thinking it's gonna be hot and it's cold that's scamp it's awful she, so she's making multiple complaints to the sheriff. She tried to have him declared insane and eventually, <laughs> eventually she got the authorities to arrest him for trespassing. And she's just making sure that the whole town knows that this guy is harassing her.
0: <clears throat> so when he winds up dead, it was self-defense because he was harassing her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On- <laughs> she's just, just playing the alibi or planting the probable cause. And she really plays
2: the part of, like, the poor widow. Mm -hmm. So, on April 27th, 1908, Belle goes to her attorney and has him drop her will. Just to, you know, get things in order. And she tells him, she makes sure she tells him that she's very afraid of Ray and she thinks that he might harm her. And the quote that, which I saw this quote different ways, so this might not be a direct quote, but... The one I got says, I'm afraid that fool lamb fear is going to kill me and burn my house. Oh, mm.
0: more uh, <laughs> house insurance monies.
2: Yeah, I know. They're like, you have a lot of fires on your properties. Meanwhile, I mean,
0: for for that day and age, mm-hmm. fires were actually a big problem. And everything was made of wood, wasn't it? Well, that, and, you know, especially in cities, everything's so close together, um, but also there's not the modern safeguards that we have today, yeah, like a dedicated fire department, smoke
2: detectors. Well, there's the fire department, phones. but remember with the solder children, it's yeah. a while, it's a ways away and the chief can't drive the truck. So, yeah. gotta <laughs> figure. so
0: anyway, like, eh, you know, sure. Two fires. Mm. totally. Totally plausible. Yeah. The, the,
2: uh, how close they were together. Yeah. So also buildings that you have insurance policies on. Although I will say, I mean, it might be clever because you're using kerosene lamps to, for your source of light and everything's made of wood. And you probably have all that pesky asbestos insulation. I have no idea when asbestos insulation came about, but I know it's very flammable. So, I mean, probably not a bad idea on her part. Meanwhile, back in South Dakota, remember Andrew? Okay. He had a brother named Osla. I did look up his pronunciation. (laughs) And Osla had started to get a little worried because when Andrew left, he had told him that he was going to come back in a week. And he was like, it's been more than a week. (laughs) Andrew's not back. Andrew also never told him why he was leaving, and he hadn't heard from him since he left. So Oslo does some investigating, and he eventually finds a stack of letters in Andrew's home from Bell. And they said things like, quote, Take all your money out of the bank and come as soon as possible. Or... <laughs> subtle (laughs) now see all that you can get cash for and if you have much left you can easily take it with you as we will soon sell it here and get a good price on everything also leave neither money or stock up there but make yourself free from dakota so you will have nothing more to bother with up there
0: i mean with lines (laughs) like that i mean it's basically poetry
2: Yes. how could a
0: man not fall for that? And finally... I know, that's how I got Shelton. Hey, I want all of your money. Sell everything you have. Yeah, get rid of all of your stuff because it's stupid. And sell it and bring the money with you.
2: Yeah, we'll have the money together for sure. Yeah. She also said, Do not say one word about it to anyone, not even your nearest relative. So sell all your. Sh- <laughs> Come down here, but don't tell anyone what you're doing because it's a big secret. Because secrets are sexy.
0: Seriously, subtlety is not her strong suit. <laughs> so in personal ads, don't start with your looks. Don't start with comely, and uh, don't don't try and be subtle. About
2: Maybe anything. keep the yeah. Subtle, throw subtlety out the door. Men like directness, and hey, you know. None of this playing games nonsense. Just
0: what you see is what you get. Yeah. You know? So, like, we're just going to put it right up there. I
2: want your money. Also, what's he going to do, like, if he gets all the way down there and she's not what he expected? Like, turn around and go back to South Dakota. Like, that's a huge hassle. It's probably just easier to be like,
0: well... I came all this way. I guess I live here now. It's a nice farm. I guess I'll stay. Well, that's the <laughs> other thing. Is like, why does she... I mean, other than just, you know, greed mm-hmm. and wanting money, but it doesn't sound like she's trying to live some lavish lifestyle. Yeah. I mean, I know a large farm is expensive and having to make payments on that. But also, farm
2: is work. Mm-hmm. If you want to live on a farm, then you have to work every day. I want to live on a farm. I re- <laughs> I
0: want to do that kind of work. Okay. I don't either. want to sit at a computer. I already don't have to sit at a computer no, that I'm much. Saying. I do a lot of we outside work. I do a lot
2: already. of outside stuff. <laughs> On the LaPorte Library website, they had a, they called it a short history for her, but I found it very interesting. And they said that her, she was kind of poor growing up in Norway. She had to kind of hire herself out from a young age as like a, like a milkmaid and like a farmhand and stuff like that. And here is a quick word from our sponsor.
1: We take this few seconds off to inform you are valued loyal listener. Join us every week as we continue to provide you the best of health and fitness wellness updates from around the globe. Enjoy the show.
2: And she kind of, I think, craved having more money. Mm-hmm. And she has a sister that said she was obsessed with money and it drove her crazy. Like her main motivation in life was getting more money.
0: I some people who are you know, raised poor do just become so obsessed with Mm -hmm. it and it's, they, they want to have enough to make sure that they don't have to worry about money anymore, but it's never enough. Well, and and they're still worrying about
2: it. And and if you've never had it, yeah. Sometimes a lot of times when you grow up poor, it's like any money that you do get immediately gets spent on something And so it's like you never, or you, you've learned not to ever feel financially safe and secure. So you just want more and more and more. I mean, it makes sense. I grew up poor (laughs) (laughs) and now I'm, you know, sending personal letters out in Norwegian speaking newspapers and hoarding all of my insurance money.
0: They're probably not very successful seeing as how you can't pronounce any of (laughs) the (laughs) names.
2: This is true.
0: (laughs) Okay. I mean, do you even know any Norwegian recipes? Well, obviously... Style or gourmet? Hot brine in a crock. But where do you store your brine?
2: On the top
0: shelf? Obvious. Obviously. It's top shelf brine. Next
2: to the meat grinder.
0: Top shelf brine.
2: <laughs> Gross.
0: You know where I keep my meat grinder? At the grocery store. Oh. Okay. Where it belongs, so they can
2: grind the meat for me. Actually, I don't like to buy a lot of meat, so never mind. I was about to say, we don't buy a lot of ground meat, so... But that's just because we're lazy cooks and I don't get too adventurous. Okay, so Osla <laughs> is like, okay, I'm very suspicious and I'm going to write to this woman and find out where my brother is. So
0: Because she seems like she's very upfront and honest.
2: <laughs> so he contacts I mean, her. She's straightforward, but not necessarily honest about her oh, petition intentions so Oslo writes to her and he's like, Hey, my brother came down to see you a while ago. Do you know where he is? And she was like, Oh, actually he went to Chicago. He left and he went to Chicago. He wrote me a letter and said he was in Chicago. He might've gone back to Norway to look for family members. I'm not really sure. I haven't heard from him. And so Oslo's like, can you send me that letter he sent you from Chicago? And she's like, Oh, you know what? It's the funniest thing. I had it and I laid it down. And then I went out to milk the cows and it came back and it was gone. And I, Can't find it, so no, I can't send it to you. She literally said she set it down, went out to do a chore, and came back, and it was gone.
0: I mean, she (laughs) does have children, and things can go missing with children about. Children
2: have gone missing. (laughs) (laughs) How's Jenny? Like in Uh, California, any letters from her that you've set down and can't find? I think, actually, at this point, she's telling people that Jenny has gotten married and is now on her honeymoon when people ask after Jenny. Long, I wonder how long she's going to be on her honeymoon for. Oh, it's a... Uh, they Extended. Uh, yeah. They're really treating themselves. Got it. <laughs> so, okay. Remember Belle has met with her lawyer and she's drawing up her will and she's trash talking. Right. Yeah.
0: She's laid the groundwork for an, a future arson.
2: Yes. And potential murder in self-defense. Yes. Okay, so that was April twenty seventh. So after her meeting with the lawyer, she goes to the store, she buys some food, she buys some toys, and she buys two gallons of kerosene, and then she goes home. Two gallons of kerosene, oh. you say.
0: <laughs> yeah, just real casual.
2: You just wanted to try and throw just, that in there, but nope. Really I picked cash- up on that. Just your basic grocery list, you know. Mm-hmm. So she goes home, she makes a meal for her children. By the way, there's three kids now. There's a kid named Philip, and I have no idea when he- another foster, I guess. I think he has the last name Gunnis. So I don't know, but I think he's I think he came about after Peter died. So
0: maybe he was in the oven when Peter died.
2: Who knows. Anyway,
0: but and, so and by oven I mean uh cooking in her womb <laughs> because with Belle, you've got to be
2: specific You do have about, to specify. You
0: it's know, underneath.
2: accidents happen in the kitchen apparently. So, the oh, kitchen's a very dangerous place. Nowhere for a child. There's the hot okay. brine everywhere.
0: So that's why you're in the oven It's to hide and protect yourself from the hot bar.
2: Exactly. So she has the three kids. She goes home and makes them a meal, and she stays up and plays with them. With you know, gives them these toys she bought for them. Tucks them into bed. Why is
0: there all this extra pine straw and you know, like
2: kindling in the bed with me? Oh, don't worry about
0: it. It's, it's just fine. extra. Just petting and could <laughs> <laughs> so, But why does it smell like kerosene? Don't it's worry. So just go to sleep. Say your sleep. prayers. Go to sleep. So you have lots of light.
2: The following morning, April twenty eighth, nineteen o eight, Bella's house burned to the ground. Oh my! <laughs> what a shocking turn of events. <laughs> Who could have foreseen this?
0: Wow! I feel like there should have been some clues along the way.
2: I know. No yeah, one. Saw, Why didn't you prepare me for this? <laughs> so authorities respond to the fire, and inside in the basement, they find the body of a woman and the bodies of three children. Now, the children were identified as Myrtle, who was 11, Lucy, who was 9, and Philip, who was 5. And the woman was conveniently missing her head, and so they couldn't identify her. But they're like, this is probably Belle. And they're like... Ray must have cut off her head. Yeah, remember how Ray's been harassing her? Kept it as a souvenir. So they arrested Ray. When Oslo heard about the fire, he comes down to Indiana because he's, like, a smart guy. And fishy about this. He's looking for answers. It's not just the herring (laughs) sandwich. So police are very cooperative, strangely, and they're like, oh, yeah, why don't you just help us dig through the rubble of this house to look for clues? Because they're like, we're looking for this lady's head, you also look for that, but if you find some clues about where your missing brother is, you can keep them. Yeah, while like you're at it. Yeah. So, so he does. You worry about your crime. We'll <laughs> worry about our crime. So he's he's helping and he's digging with Joe Maxson, who's the farmhand, the last farmhand she hired. And after a couple days, he's like, This is pointless. There's nothing here. I'm gonna leave. And right before he leaves, he was like, Okay, wait. Question: Joe, were there any holes that maybe you had been dug on the farm this spring that, you know, whatever? And Joe's like, oh, actually, yeah, there was a, they keep calling them a soft depression in the ground. Over in the hog pen, about 50 feet from the main house. And that's where Belle was burying her trash. But she asked me to kind of fill it in and level it out some. And so he's like, maybe we look there. Question mark? Question mark? Let's go dig through that trash. Side eye, winky face. So the I like this brother. <laughs> also this a smart cookie. He's he's much
0: more clever than he's smart. Poor guy. Andrew.
2: <laughs> so they go to the hog pen and they start to dig. And in the hole that had been made, they find trash. Like okay, she buried some trash. Really, so she wasn't lying. Really stinky trash, kind of rotten trash. So, like, mm, maybe some adipose s- tissue. Take there. the trash out of here. And, and what's under that? It's a burlap sack. Okay. What's in the burlap sack? What do you think's in the burlap sack? Two hands, two feet, and a head is what was in the sack. <laughs> I was trying to think of a, something funny. <laughs> a set of hands, a set of feet, and one head. That poor Onsla was like, that's, my that's brother. Andrew. So... I have a picture of that, actually, and I'm very sorry. All right. Again, don't scroll, because I have one more it's really okay. awful I... picture to show you. been re-watching Bones lately,
0: so I was watching it
2: right before I came. There you go. There's actually, surprisingly, a lot of photos from this case, and they're as bad as you might think they would be. Mm. So, they dig up this corpse, and... They're like, man, this is really bad. So it was the full corpse, not just I think it was the corpse in pieces. Okay. So I think instead of I think it was I don't know if he was all in the sack. I don't know if she just put the hands and the feet in the sack. But he was definitely not whole. Yeah. And whole, like in a hole.
0: <laughs> man, I missed that one. I know. We are not so, good on our puns. We're tonight. really
2: not. We there's a lot Oof. in this one too. So they're they're like Look at, they're like, you know, standing. This is awful. This is terrible. And they start kind of looking around and they're like, it's like- a <laughs> okay. They're like, um, it seems like there's kind of a lot of trash filled in depressions in this. Oh, um, there's this a lot of holes. Maybe maybe we should dig in these other areas where it looks like something
0: was recently buried. Well, someone had their head on straight that day. Probably <laughs> it
2: wasn't, wasn't Andrew. It. <laughs> oh, this is the worst. Very terrible people. On the first day of digging, they unearthed five bodies. On the second day, they found four bodies. All of the bodies that they found. Where
0: are all these
2: bodies coming from? Oh, like, just wait. Our story didn't have this many characters in it. Oh, just wait. <laughs> oh. I have a list at the end. So they're all cut into six parts. So legs cut off at the knee, arms cut off at the shoulder, head cut off at the head, <laughs> and the torso. Most of the heads, this is the last picture I'm going to show you. And again, I apologize because this is also not a good one. That's one of the heads that they found. Oh my. Yeah. That looks like
0: something from like a,
2: a horror movie. Looks like a prop, right? Yeah. It's a human head. Good teeth though, I noticed. Yeah. Most of the heads showed gash marks that indicated blunt force trauma. And many of the bodies had been doused in quicklime to accelerate the decomposition. In total, they found 11 bodies buried on her farm. Four were adults of unknown gender, meaning they were just so poorly or so badly decomposed that they couldn't identify Couldn't the tell by the pelvis? I like think, the bone? It was, the, it was 1908. They don't do that. Surely they had some sort of forensics. No, nothing. None of that. <laughs> they could identify the gash on their head. There was so four adults of unknown gender: one adult woman, one adult man, one adolescent male, one adolescent of an unknown gender. gender. Jenny Olson, Jenny, so Jenny. Her last name is Olson. So they found Jenny. She, I think, was the second body that they found. They found Andrew, obviously, and they found a guy named Ole Buds- Budsberg, who was a suitor that came down from Wisconsin. So is it likely that
0: the the males and then the you know, unidentified potentially
2: mm-hmm. the male suitors. Yeah, that's what they're thinking. Autopsies revealed that some of the bodies had traces of strychnine in them. So, I mean, at least I... I don't know. That's not a good way to go, so... No. I don't know what I was a, going That's for. not a fun poison. It no. So... Well, it, that's, that's not a mercy. <laughs> it didn't take long for police to kind of piece together that it was like you said, the male suitors that had come to visit that were probably most of the unidentified While bodies. While everyone
0: thought her cousins were coming and going, turns out they were only
2: men. Sorry.
0: It that was one. an obvious joke I had to make. Uh, <laughs> we can cut it out, though, in case it's inappropriate for all ages. Uh, just crow it out. But no, really, they they were coming and not going. Or they were coming and going to the, the afterlife.
2: Or just going into the dirt. Yeah. So the press starts to call her, these are the fun names the Indiana Ogress. <laughs> oh. oh, wait. Lady Bluebeard, The Black Widow, my oh. favorite, Hell's Bell, <laughs> and The Mistress of Castle Death, which is a mouthful.
0: Is there a book on her? Yes. Okay, I think I have that <laughs> book that I got from Amazon really? Kindle Reads, but I haven't read it yet. Oh my gosh. There is oh, I hope. I, I, it I
2: think it. the ogress one is my favorite. Oh yeah, the ogress of or the Indiana Ogress. That's that's that's
0: choice. That right.
2: there. Pretty good. They also called her property the Horror Farm and the Death Garden. Should I like Death Garden? That sounds like a rock band name.
0: Yeah, but they had hogs and stuff. and The, well, was, the bodies yeah. were found by the hogs, so not the garden, so...
2: Well, well the the hogs didn't do anything except act as... The hogs
0: missed out on a tasty meal. I know! I don't know why you would bury in the hog farm because... Just the feed them ho- to the hogs. Yeah. Actually, I think that is a... That's a, a myth a- that, you know, the hogs can eat an entire human
2: body and destroy all the evidence. I'm pretty sure there was a serial killer that Carm Jinkie covered of a guy who had a pig farm and was, like, feeding bodies to the pigs. We'll fact check later. Okay. So all of this news, you know, it's 1908. And well, what I'm saying, there's still going to be leftover evidence. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. So it's 1908. We know that there's no, it's a very boring time in history. So people read the news and they're like, hey, let's take the kids out to the murder farm for the weekend. Oh, yeah, 25 cents a tour. And they, yeah. I don't think they even charge people. And you gotta
0: pay the ogress. Oh, the ogress would not be happy if they're not charging admission to her horror
2: scene. <laughs> so, they have... It, I read as many as 20,000 people one weekend came out. God. It was literally, like, a county fair. Like, they sold food there. It was a whole thing. And they were just gathered around to watch the police, like, dig up these bodies, like, the ones that I showed you. Which ooh. It's so
0: funny to me when people... You know, say how the the Colosseum was so barbaric. Oh, gosh. I'm like, times have not changed. Yeah. We just don't watch it happen. We watch it portrayed in movies and film uh, and TV shows. We listen to the stories (laughs) on podcasts. Oops. Uh we go visit, you know, like going and visiting the the place to just to see and take a piece, take a raisin from the oh cake. Oh gosh, the raisin cake. Whoa. Gross. Uh We have not changed. We have oh, not. Even, no, no, we have not. We, we are still one hundred percent in the Colosseum watching people
2: get eaten by lions. Yeah, or watching Russell Crowe kill all the other gladiators. Yeah, I don't remember the plot of that movie. So the news also attracted a flood of inquiries from people all across the country who had had loved ones who had disappeared to marry a mysterious widow in Indiana. Which, this this reminds me of the the lady who remember the women's history story the woman who would take in babies. Uh-huh. Oh, I've been the thinking baby about farm. I've been thinking about that the whole time yeah. too, and like reading that in the paper and realizing that that's probably what happened to your baby. which... Yep. Mm,
0: So, yeah, this episode is a mix of the baby farm, Mm -hmm. but also the Lonely Hearts Club killers. Yes, it is.
2: So, some of the names of people who may have been her victims, which these are just people who kind of put forth names of loved ones that they think kind of fell victim to her.
0: What did they do with the unidentified remains?
2: Well, I'm... Am I jumping ahead? Well, I want to say... I'm actually not sure. I want to say that they... Hopefully buried them, but also when I was looking on, the, they have a museum for this incident in Indiana, and uh, one of the displays looked like possibly a human skull, and I believe it was labeled unidentified person. Even by a skull, you can
0: tell if it's male or female. Well,
2: okay, Katie, I don't know. Then go do well, that. Well, that's, that's <laughs> all I
0: want to know is if they've been, if they preserve the unidentified remains in order to potentially identify in the future. Well, I am suggesting Indiana and this
2: specific museum as one it's of just our field trip. Add places. it to our road trip list. Okay. Well, then you can find out. Take your little measuring utensils and measure the skulls here.
0: I don't have to measure. You just have to look at the brow bone. Okay. The well, foramen magnum. I don't know what you're saying.
2: So I hope science that they, words. I hope that they were buried and that was just a uh, recreation. But I, I did see a picture that looked like maybe they have some of those remains on display in a museum somewhere. Cool, cool. So speaking of showing respect to these people who might have died, these are names of some of the people who may have disappeared. There was Christy Hilkvin, Olaf Jensen, Bert Chase, T.J. Tyfland, and Charles Nyberg. I gotta correct myself. It's not
0: the foramen magnum, it's forget the actual name.
2: You're tapping your orbital area.
0: So right here is the brow bones. Tapping your eyeballs. Not tapping my orbit. (laughs) Now the foramen magnum is the great hole. It's the large oval opening in the occipital bone of the skull in humans.
2: No one knows what you're talking about.
0: It's the hole at the base of your skull, man. So where your neck fits in? Yeah. Okay. The head bone's connected to the neck bone. Which goes into a hole. At the frame and bay. Okay.
2: Sure, let's <laughs> simplify anatomy. Okay. So, in addition to the 11 bodies that they unearthed, they believe that Belle likely killed Myrtle and Lucy and Philip, the boy, mm-hmm. plus the unidentified headless woman found in the house. So, they're starting to suspect... Yeah, no, no way that's Belle. That that's not her.
0: The ogress has... Uprooted
2: and skipped town. Possibly. They also believe she killed both of her husbands. Obviously, we knew that from the start. Whoops. Um, They believe she killed Caroline and Axel. The signs of colitis can Mm -hmm. also be signs of poisoning in in the early, late 1800s. Who knows? And they think, obviously, she killed Peter Gunnis's infant daughter that she was left alone with. Which brings her likely total for known deaths to 19. Nice. So now police have a slightly bigger problem than they first realized, which is without the head, there's no way that they can definitively identify this body as Bells. So a lot of people were skeptical. Apparently
0: even with the head they can't.
2: <laughs> I know. It could just be a skull and they wouldn't know. So a lot of people were skeptical because... they Okay. This, again, has a couple different sides. A lot of sources read, oh, it was a small body. It was kind of a petite body. And we know Belle was not a petite gal. Nope. The, I read that there was a... She was comely. <laughs> she was comely. There was a study in 2008 where they exhumed that body. And the evidence, according to this study, showed that that body was between 5'6 and 5'9". Thought she was described as stout. She, while well, she was five eight, she, oh, okay. was, she was large and stout. She okay. was not so a teapot.
0: I, I normally think, I for some reason, it's probably because <laughs> I'm a little teapot uh, that I asso-
2: associate stout with a short stature as yeah. well as a stockier. Yeah, stocky would yeah. probably be a better term for her. She shopped at the big and tall, probably. Gotcha. Yeah, I couldn't <laughs> tell because she was sitting in the picture, so Hard to she could have yeah. been short.
0: Or shorter.
2: <laughs> I was thinking, you know, like five, six, five, five. Yeah. Like that's short, yeah. but well, other reports say that the body found in the house was five three and weighed only seventy five pounds. That is minus the head. So add whatever our head weighs. Well without the brain. Seventy five pounds like is three and a half pounds. Very small. And Belle we've already said she's five eight. She weighed upwards of two hundred and fifty pounds. So she was a big gal. It's not Built like you an couldn't ox. leave. Listen, you couldn't leave your charred body in a house and be like, "It's Hannah's body." Like we have very different body types. Yes, we do. And I feel like that would be very apparent even in a fire. So, anyways,
0: well, just our, our skeletal structure is different. Yeah, I mean, you probably have a normal spine, whereas mine is.
2: <laughs> looks you find like somebody char- took to a
0: jackhammer. Took a jackhammer I, to I it. A charred body and's it got like a shriveled up like centipede spine. <laughs> it's Katie. I'm not that bad. It's just twisted
2: i feel like i feel like you're it's like somebody like wrung my spine out like a towel i feel like okay back in our old apartment we used to have these i called them centipede bugs but they were little tiny i don't know centipede things and they would crawl very very slowly and they would always get in our house when it was wet outside are they doodle bugs some people call them roly-polies? No, they were long. Mm-hmm. But when you killed them, they curled up like a roly-poly. And that's what I imagine your spine doing when you die. <laughs> it just, like, rolls up into a spiral. Or, like, when spiders die, they all their legs Yeah!
0: <laughs> well, we'll see one of these days. Hopefully not today, though. Hopefully not today.
2: In, oh, sorry, okay. On May 19th. Maybe Saturday, though, after Hillary's Cinco party. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'll be wine and designing on Saturday. So also might have to see for me. We'll see how I last time I wined and designed was my bachelorette party. And I accidentally put my paintbrush into what I thought was my water cup, but it was my wine cup and it's extra flavor. I was actually very sad. I had to throw that out and get more on May 19th. A pair of dental bridges were identified. So they found them in the rubble of the house and they identified them as belonging to Belle. And so they were like, okay, the body's probably hers then, because here's some of her fake teeth.
0: Or she could have just taken them out of her mouth and left them in the house because she's
2: smart. Which is exactly what police thought. They said maybe she could have removed them and just left them there to throw everyone off. I mean, she probably had the money at this point to go get new teeth, so... Also, no teeth. um, Disguise. Note. Listen, Teeth, working in the county has made me come to realize that teeth provide a great deal of structural support to your face. And you can tell if someone does not have all of their teeth without them necessarily having to open their mouth.
0: Oh, yeah. No, their mouth is just like sunken in.
2: Yes. It's really weird.
0: It's strange. <laughs> Somebody did a photo compilation to show the importance of teeth and the appearance. <laughs> And they took a whole bunch of pictures of celebrities Mm -hmm. and photoshopped out all of their teeth. Oh, gosh. It was so creepy. Mm. And it was just like, you know, teeth make the man, huh, Chris Pratt?
2: Yeah. Gross. Uh, Teeth are one of those things that, like, dentistry and dental stuff just ick me out, so. Yeah, I'm not a fan
0: of the... Inner workings of uh, dental stuff, no. but I don't mind the dentist. I've never been one of those people that's like terrified of the mm-hmm. dentist. I hate the dentist. Uh, I mean, I can see why some people are, but I've I've always loved the dentist. Mm-hmm. Actually, my dentist back in New Orleans. I miss him. Like, if I could be able to travel back to New Orleans <laughs> every six months for, for my checkup, I still would <laughs> schedule a visit. Uh around going to see him no. he was a uh, one time my mom was there for a, a checkup mm-hmm. and he and i got into a water gun fight or i say water gun but the little the little rinsing things, things. The like the guns. water yeah. pick <laughs> yeah we got into a fight like over her in the chair with her mouth
2: open <laughs> and like could guys stop please At least it was fresh water falling in her and not like unless he was using the sucky one that they used to suck all the spit out of your mouth no,
0: no. It was, it was both water. Turned it on reverse. Both, both fresh water. <laughs> <laughs> Look. He's also the only man who's ever called me princess and lived to tell the tale.
2: Oh, mm-hmm. That's sweet. Well, he might have had control of your... <laughs> Rumors began to fly that Belle had perhaps hired a young housekeeper days before the fire. And that, that was actually the headless body that they found. Which, Belle, again, another tip for you... If you're going to do that, hire. how hard is it to hire a housekeeper that has the, like, general same body type as you?
0: I mean, I feel like that might be a little bit of a uh, diamond in the rough kind of thing.
2: (laughs) She's one of a kind. Yeah. So, well,
0: whatever. So, meanwhile, police... Also, I just... What did she do with her head? Like, Mm. did she abscond in the night with her belongings and... uh, Head in a satchel.
2: Well, they actually think that there are, were, probably a lot of bodies that they missed on the farm mm-hmm. because they weren't able to do like a full. I mean, it's forty some acres. Well, and also, how many how many years had she been there at this point? Let's see. She bought the farm nineteen oh one, and it's nineteen oh eight. So, seven
0: years of winters, too, and, like, heavy winters, Mm, snow gets rid of evidence real well, and nature also, like, being able to grow grass back in places. So, I'm sure if you put some GPR out out there, you might find some
2: more goodies. I'm very interested in that.
0: Yeah, GPR is a really cool tool.
2: I wish I I got to play with it more, but I don't. (laughs) By the way, apologies for all of the loud outdoor noises that is happening. We had a bird earlier who was very disrespectfully chirping, and now a plane just sounded like it buzzed the tower, which the tower was our house.
0: Also, want to point out, uh, GPR, for Mm -hmm. those who don't know, uh, stands for Ground Penetrating Radar. Yes.
2: I knew that. I believe you
0: (laughs) did, and I'm sure (laughs) most people listening do as well. Oh my gosh. But I just wanted to put it out just in case. Do
2: <laughs> you wanna know what happened to Ray? The police tell me the police let him go. Oh no, they arrested him. And they were like, Well, you've already admitted that you were near the farm when it burned down. And also you are Was already- he drunk when they arrested yeah. him? Yeah. You also admitted that you didn't call the police because you were afraid that you were gonna be implicated, which is exactly what we're doing. So self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. So he goes to trial. They charge him with arson and murder. The defense argued for him that no, no, no. Remember how bell's been going around town framing him this entire time. She probably lit the fire. The fact that bell had benefited from the deaths of her first two husbands, as well as had other fires that she had benefited from, was also helpful. Mm-hmm. It yeah,
0: the assassinated big... her character called her character into question as reliable against it.
2: They the big thing was that they had a chemist that came in and was able to testify that the children's bodies he had found traces of strychnine in them. Strychnine, strychnine. Sorry, <laughs> have I been saying it wrong? No, you said it. Okay. Not, you said it correctly the first time. <laughs> I have a lot of phonetical spellings in here. So they found traces of strychnine in the children's bodies. So that was how they were able to say, okay, well, the fire didn't kill them. So if we're going to convict you of arson, we would also have to have a separate child to convict you of poisoning the children, which they don't think he did. So Ray gets acquitted of the murder charge, but they do convict him of arson because they were like, well, someone has to go to jail for this. He goes to jail. And after only a year in prison, he... Dies of tuberculosis because <laughs> of the early 20th century. But allegedly he made a deathbed confession. Which take it with a grain of salt because who knows how true this is. He claimed, allegedly, that he had actually helped Belle kill and dispose of forty-two men. He said that she would poison them, hit them over the head, and cut them up. So she did all of the hard work. <laughs> He just dug the hole. And she would, like, give him body parts in bags, and he would just go bury them. Or. I believe that. It does. It is very plausible. He also said that he would throw some of them in the lake. And I don't know if they ever, like, dragged the lake? Drudged the lake? The re... Yeah. Dredged. Dredged. Not dragged. I mean. Same thing.
0: Yeah. Uh, The reason I totally believe that is because for years, he was living in the house with Mm -hmm. her. And when he wasn't sleeping with her, when, you know, one of her cousins came to town. She wasn't sleeping with her cousins. And she wasn't kissing
2: cousins.
0: And my cousin didn't leave. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, her bed was open for Ray again. I mean, there's no way he could not know what was
2: going yeah. on. Also, cutting up a body is very dirty, messy business. So, like, I feel like it's hard to do that without someone else knowing about it. Especially if there's more than one person.
0: Well, I mean, if you've got livestock on your farm, they probably, she's, you know, they don't have like big slaughterhouses like now. So you have to do all of your meat processing, you know, on the premises, most likely. Yeah,
2: that's
0: true. So, I mean, she probably had a meat processing area
2: that. Well, she had a meat grinder. We know that.
0: Well, and she certainly had, you know, butchering
2: tools in order to (laughs) chop them up. So this part actually also makes a ton of sense. He said that they that he demanded hush money from her after Andrew, the last one. And that's what they were fighting about right after Andrew got there. And that's why she fired him. It was because he was, like, trying to, you know, getting too big for his britches. He also allegedly verified the housekeeper rumor and said that he had actually helped Belle go out and find that woman and kill her and decapitate her and put her in the house. Thank you all for listening, and until next time. This will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you. This will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you.